Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving our kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and definitely messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. This was such a treat. This episode is with a man I greatly respect, Taro Arai, and I got to sit in his office and talk about fatherhood. He is the president and CDO of Makuni Restaurant, which is my local sushi restaurant, and it's been around for over 32 years, and currently they have nine locations with big dreams to keep growing. And this place is wonderful. The entire experience is so good. And I've briefly gotten to know Taro from actually doing some private classes for some of my clients where he teaches us to make sushi. And from the first time I met him, I just sensed a joy that he had towards life. And it just drew me in where I wanted to know more, especially when I saw and heard the way he spoke of his wife, his kids, and his employees. And it made me want to get to know him better and ask him some questions about fatherhood and let him share some stories with you and I. Uh, He's so full of wisdom. He moved to the United States around the age of 15, not knowing any English because he wanted to be himself and felt that this was the place that he could shine and be the person that he desired to be. And you are going to hear some of his rituals, some of his rhythm, some of his mistakes and some of his wins and how they have continued to shape him. And what I love especially is he's almost 50 years old and he's not done. It almost feels like he's just getting started. And the way that he self-reflects is something that each one of us can really gain some knowledge from so that we can continue to master the craft of fatherhood. So get ready. This is going to be a killer episode. I know you're going to love the conversation. And when you're in the Sacramento area, you got to come check out the food because it is amazing. A couple last things. If you like the episode, please share it. Hey, this is all about fatherhood and fatherhood matters. The word only gets out there if you share it. So if you know a dad, soon to be dad, new dad, long-term dad, share this with them. Also, please go to Facebook and Instagram at Rebel and Create, like us, follow us. And we just launched a fatherhood journal called the Fatherhood Legacy Journal. We actually did a Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign. We just reached our goal, but the campaign goes through December 4th. We'd like to get more journals in the hands of dads. It's a three month journal with daily questions to help us engage and be intentional in the dads that we desire to be. So get ready for another killer episode. Thank you for listening. Here you go. All right, cool. I'm super excited. I am in Taro's office, owner of Makuni Restaurant Sushi. Been going there for probably eight years since I've been up here in NorCal. That's great. It's so good. I love it, and I love being around him. So thank you for letting me come sit in your office. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, we're going to talk about fatherhood. So, you know, I've done some some client events yes. at Makuni where we do like a private sociology yes. class, and our clients just rave about it. It's Thank probably you. the most fun that we do. But what's cool is that even like how many stores do you have now? We have nine locations right now. So having nine lo- locations and all that probably is on your plate all the time that you still do the sociology classes. Why is that important for you to be doing those? I mean, one, I, I love it. I love sharing. Yeah. Not only about sushi, but, you know, joy too. Yeah. And... Uh, 
Yeah, this is like my passion. So what's your title at McCooney? Uh, I'm the CDO, Chief Dreaming Officer. So I get to dream all I want for free. Yes. I mean, I don't know. I'm living my dream too. Anyway, yeah. yes. Man, that's so good. Okay, so just a little bit about you, so people get to know you a little yes. bit more. So. How long have you run Makuni restaurant? So we opened back in 1987. Wow. A family of five. And we had no business plan. <laughs> we had no business concept. My dad never cooked me a lifetime, never done business. Uh, that's how we started. It was a So you've been disaster. doing this your whole life? Pretty much. I was 17. Yeah. So, okay. So let's get a little bit into that story in a minute. So you've been doing this forever. How old are you now? I'm 49. I'll be 50 in about a, uh, a January 3rd wow, next year. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. I'm excited. Yeah. That's yes. awesome. Okay. So you've been doing this for quite some time. How many, uh, are you, you're married. How long yes. have you been married? Uh, 26 years. Wow. That's such a gift. I don't know. I knew her since 11 years old in Japan. And no way. And dated her when I was 15, just once. And then I came here. And then wrote each other for uh, seven years. Seven years? And then my dad said, hey, no sex before marriage. I was dying, so I had to call her to move Move over over here. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got married and four kids in five years. Four kids in five years. I just touched her. She got pregnant. Yeah, that's that sounds about right for us. <laughs> We're in that same boat. So you've got four kids, and how old is the oldest and the youngest now? We have a 25, 24, 22, 21. Wow. Blessed. You're in, yeah, blessed. And you're in that next stage. You're kind of in the in-between stage. Are any of your kids married yet? Not yet. I'm kind of giving them idea that we need more workers so hurry up and get the <laughs> grandkids yeah how many of your four kids work in the restaurant so my oldest one graduated from davis he's running three locations right now for me and as a cdo my new goal is to have 50 businesses by 50th anniversary of mikuni i can't do it so i need him to step it up and he's enjoying his work right now so i'm hoping he'll continue to do that and my second one in san jose graduate with marketing and japanese hoping that she'll be the one join our marketing team Mm. and do all the books translation you know japanese to english and my third one graduate from davis he just went to uh milwaukee for a financial advertisement uh no a financial advisor uh called baird company okay. yeah so he's in the foundation program so a year and a half he's going to learn everything about you know finance and hopefully someday really... he'll come back to do my uh cfo job yeah you're really building the team right there oh yeah and then my youngest one she was the one with no talent <laughs> I mean, I said, what are you going to do? And even sports, I love sports. My oldest son is 300 pounds, 6'2". He played football, rugby, basketball. My other son played basketball four years in varsity in high school, averaging 15 points, whatever. So I told my last daughter, you got to play sports for me. I love sports. And I'm sorry, I couldn't make any team. Basketball, they touch me. Soccer, they make me run. Tennis, <laughs> racket is too heavy. Volleyball, they told me to slide. I said, you got to find something. So she came home. She made a team. She said, what kind of team? Golf team. How? 
they say, I have to get a golf bag. I say, I'll get you a golf bag. And then her freshman year, she shot 127. That was her one of the best scores. And she has no talent. But she said, I want to get a scholarship in golf. Practice three hours a day, no matter what. Wow. By junior year, she shot even par with the only one in the tournament. Wow. And now she got scholarship in college. She's a senior now in college. She's a captain of her team. And a uh, month and a half ago, she finally won the tournament, college golf tournament with 18 schools out there with all the defending champions. She beat everybody. Wow. She, she's my inspiration. I said, how could you do that? And she said, well, Philippians 4.13 said, anything's possible. I said, wow, I didn't think it would happen <laughs> <in> golf. <laughs> but yeah, she... I told her, what are you going to do? She said, what should I do? She's, she's 4.0 student. So I said, how about a lawyer? I need an HR lawyer or a commercial real estate. So I said, why don't you get the residential license, you know, real estate license? And she studied a couple of days and passed, and she said she's ready. So I'm excited to have all four kids. They're all walking with Jesus. And I don't know. They're better than I ever expected. <laughs> That's cool. Sounds like your relationship with them is really good, even as they're becoming adults. Oh, I mean, I text them every morning for the last uh, eight years now. My oldest son started going to college. I don't get to talk to him anymore. Right. So why not I text everybody one Bible verse, my thought of the day, and, and some it, questions too. Is it a group text? Or group text, yeah. Group text. So I get to know what they're thinking, yeah. what their answer, they can share their ideas. and why is that? Why was that important to you? to stay in communication for me, with them. That's one way for me to remember them, pray mm. for them, show them how much I love them, care for them. And that I want to see depends on their answers. I know how they're walking their life too. So, it's a good reminder for me to just to get to know them even more too. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Sometimes I think as parents and as fathers, we get so wrapped up in our work. Um, especially if we do something we love, right? Mm -hmm. To forget that there's these other people who rely on us as they're becoming their own human beings, right. you know, who they're supposed to be. Hmm. That's how I start every morning. That's awesome. Love and it. do they text back? Oh, yeah. So sometimes my oldest one is kind of shaky, so I ask questions. So that there's a... So they there's, have to answer. Yeah. And then if I don't see his answer, hey, did you read it? Oh, yes, I was about to. <laughs> so I have to do some reminder here. Yeah, and there, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But that's real life, right? Yeah. yeah. As, you know, through the different stages of having kids and going to school and now kind of moving out into the world, what has been a good resource to you to help you know how to be the father you wanted to be? Well, my dad has been a good example, but it's different because uh, Japanese culture, he never say good to me once in my life. Mm -hmm. He never told me he loves me. Uh, if he doesn't give me a hard time, that means I'm doing good. That's how I have to read his mind. And, and is uh, it still that way even now? Oh, he's getting more Americanized, and I'm showing my love to him. He just had a birthday, so... And how old is he? He's 76. Okay. He still wakes up 2.30 every morning. He walks a dog and birds and pray, read Bible. He does a calligraphy for the last 50 years. And he practiced golf, have a breakfast. By 8.30, his day is over. After 8.30 in the morning, that's a bonus for him. He's very uh, disciplined. Okay, yeah. What time does he go to bed to get up at 2.30? I don't know. I always tell him, why don't you 
move a little bit more to like 4.30 so I can spend time with you at night. <laughs> but about 8 o'clock, he started. Yeah, done. Yeah, it's about done. <laughs> but yeah, he his unshakable faith, when we had a business, you know, we struggled mm-hmm. because we had no idea about business. We lost all our money within six months. and But once he decided to do it, he he won't quit. Like uh, for a while, he had no money. We couldn't buy any fish. We everything was COD because we couldn't pay the vendors. Right. We had no bank to work with, and he's still offering. He was getting. He's a pastor for our church. He right. still does now. He was getting four hundred fifty dollars a month every month. That's his pay. Wow. And then he was getting. He was. Pay, I mean, offering five fifty a month. I said, Dad, that's not ten percent. That's more than 100% of your pay. But he said, you know, I made a deal with God. If we keep offering more, God bless even more. He said, he promised me. So he just have, has to do it. Wow. But, so that so you learned that from your dad. Oh, yeah. Once you just have to keep digging deeper. Deeper the foundation, God will build something amazing yeah. upon. Yeah. So your dad was a good example to you in a lot of ways, discipline. Was it uh, hard for you when you became a dad to, you know, because you seem so, I mean, just being around you, you're always so full of joy and full of love. And it's it's like overflowing to where you want to give that up. Right. So I, I could imagine that with your own kids, were you that way always? No. In the beginning, I was like my dad too. Oh, okay. More I was strict. tough on them. I smacked them. And like my oldest one, I made a lot of mistake on him. But every time he said, I think you're going to hit me, right? I said, yeah, because I love you. I used to smack him so hard. But anyway, so yeah. And then I was working so hard. Right. It was the beginning of the business. I worked maybe, I'll say, 7, 30 in the morning till about midnight. So Five I, days, six, seven days a week? Six days a week. And then Sunday we go to church. Okay. And then Sunday night we used to cook for church and church members and stuff too. And uh, one day I went home and then my daughter was up. And she said, oh, welcome to mama's home. That kind of hit me. She mm. was like maybe four or five. I said, oh, wow, she doesn't think I live here. <laughs> because I never get, by the time I go home, they're already sleeping. By the time I wake up, they're, you know, they're still sleeping. Yeah. And then my wife is really good at taking care of the kids herself. So I never got to do much to help her. So I was pretty bad dad, I guess. And... And uh, I realized they're growing so fast. I'm going to miss out everything. So when we had a Denver store, you know, they were into sports and and they were economy crash or losing money. I had to be there all the time. That's when I really felt the God's lead to close the restaurant, let everything go, and focus on prior, you know, priority. Hmm. What's, what's my priorities? And, uh, yeah, we lost $11 million, and we're ready to file the bankruptcy. And then my kids saw me struggling. and uh, But that was the best thing for me and my family. Wow. Because we were so close. They knew I was struggling, so they want to do their best. So they start helping our work. I think by the time they're 11, they start making sushi or washing dishes in the back. They start helping me out. And... And so were you just down to one store then? No, we had a store, but we had to cut our salaries. Yeah. Our uh, corporate team had to suffer with me. 
and we have to sell whatever we can sell and then start all over again. But it helped you start to build it with your family, not just by yourself, it sounds like. That too, and also we knew what's important. And what was that? Uh, for example, it's not about building, it's not about car, house, anything, material things. It's about love between us. That's why I changed my uh, mission statement for work too. Hmm. To be the most loved company in the world. We don't have to be the best. We're going to be loved by God, loved by partner, loved by family. That's more important. And then we opened the restaurant called Kaizen. You know what does Kaizen mean? I don't. Continuous improvement, change for the better. Mm. So we have to keep thriving. We have to keep changing, making it better. We, like you said, you know, we ha- we can't stop. So yeah. uh, that's that's why we're so hungry to be better in anything and be more loved by people. Yeah. So would you say that in that time, that's also when you started to become more relational with your family? Oh, everything. Wow. With God, with everything, we have to start it over again. And that was the biggest mistake I ever made, but I believe that was everything has more reason. Yeah. That was God's plan yeah. for me to go back to Him and go back to the family and see that most important thing in our uh, yeah. life. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so I want to get into a couple things and, and be mindful of your time. So the first question I want to ask is, um, Rebel and Create. That's what this podcast, it's fatherhood field notes. So it's men opening up their soul a bit. Here's my field notes from my life of being a father, you know, for 25 years. And then also Rebel and Create. And Rebel and Create means I'm rebelling against the status quo and I'm going to create something out of that. I'm not just going to tear a wall down just to be rebellious and destructive. I'm going to make something beautiful out of it. So with that, I'd love for you to share the story of you being a child in Japan and your rebellion really <laughs> seems like you've always had this little bit of a rebellion, yeah. but because you wanted to be the chief dreaming officer at your heart. So tell us that story, and then I'll, I'll cut into some questions about fatherhood. So when I was kidding, man, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm proud of my youth, but I was crazy. My name is Taro, my first son. Arai means wild. So I was a wild kid. I just didn't want to do exactly what other kids do. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, the story I was kind of referring to was when you wore a different uniform to school. Oh, yeah, And that decided too. that you wanted to move. So, yes, I had a different hairstyle. I still do. I have a purple hair right now. But I want to be myself. And at the same time, um, school uniform, we had to wear black uniform. My dad didn't have much money. I got it from my cousin. It was big, but I didn't care. And uh, how old were you about this age? I was 11. Okay. I didn't care what people say or how they see me. I care right. about, of course, God. And my dad was strict, so I have to make sure I follow him. And uh, shoes didn't fit. So it was white shoes with a yellow trim. That was school color. But I found a red one for really cheap. So I told my dad, I know you have no money, so let me get the sh- red one. I don't mind. So I wore that in first day in school. 2,500 students were there. And I was the only one with the wrong color shoes. And principal, he was a judo teacher. He was a big guy. He said, come out to the podium. I said, yes. I feel so, you know, special. I was waving at my friends. And he said, turn around. Yes, sir. And he started smacking my face. Till I started bleeding everywhere. Wow. And he said, if you don't follow school rules, that we're going to do to you. So I knew I didn't belong in Japan <laughs> or 
I just had to do something about it. So I told my dad, what do I do? I can't be myself here. And then my dad said, I heard America is a good place for you to go. That's when I started doing the newspaper route. And by the time 15 half, raised $6,000 to bring whole family to America. All by yourself, from 11 to 15, you saved $6,000. Every day I said, I had a purpose. Yeah. I couldn't be here. I want to go somewhere. I was going by myself first. But later, my parents, everybody said, how about we go together? So what was your plan? You moved here at 15 or 16? Yeah, 15 after junior high school ends. I was going to just move over here and see what we can do. So then when you came here, did you go to school or were you done with school? So as soon as we whole family decided to come, we found the church, Japanese-speaking church in uh, Sacramento. And did you speak English at the time? Oh, no. No English, no friends. It was a disaster. So that's why when I came here, I went to Hiram Johnson High School. And somebody said, if you don't understand, just say no problem. So that was the only word I used. <laughs> Who is your favorite teacher? Oh, no problem. So they used to call me Mr. No Problem. And that was my nickname in high school because I had no idea what they're saying, what they're doing. And that had a culture shock, too, because I trusted everybody like mm. in Japan, too. So they took advantage of me, but... You know, nothing I could do about it because I had no English and no friends. So how long was that transition from, I mean, being here to you enjoy being here? So I struggle and um, restaurant too, I struggle. When I was 21, I really begged my dad to go back to Japan with whole family. Really? Because... I mean, one day I broke my ankle, I dislocated my middle finger, and I cut my hands open, and I'm having also because I have a, so much pressure, so not much having stress. any fish, and don't know how to make sushi. I bought a book called Sushi for Dummies. I mean, nothing was working out. And we had about 30 customers a day. Our sales was $300 a day. That was it. So, so back up and tell me the story real quick about um, your... You move here, your dad's a pastor, you're going to go to school, and then your dad decides we need to do something. Well, he didn't decide. He had a dream. Okay, so he had a dream. And he never cooked in a lifetime, I said. I mean, how can he imagine to open the restaurant? He said, well, God gave me a vision. It will happen. So he wakes up one day and says, hey, son, I had a dream. And you're the first son. You're the oldest. So he's going to rely on you to help. He says, we're opening a a restaurant. And then once he said it, nobody can stop anyway. Gotcha. So he said, driven. but only thing is, we have $2,000 in the bank account all together. <laughs> I told my family. dad, that's not possible. I was doing the newspaper out here, collecting cans and cardboards. We're just making every day, barely making it. And we moved 10 times first year and a half looking for cheaper rent. Wow. And he's telling me we're going to open the restaurant. <laughs> I said, I don't think so. But would, can you say that to your dad? Would you say, I don't oh, think no, so? Oh, no, I never said that to him. But yeah. I, in my heart, I was laughing. That's <laughs> not possible. But we met the one gentleman on the street, and he gave us $300,000 out of blue. So my dad said, do you believe in miracles? I said, how can I not? Who's going to give that kind of money to a total stranger? I still gives me chills that morning. I went to the bank, found out he sent us $300,000. Now, this was a guy that you had met from Japan who you guys had shared that you wanted to open a restaurant. Right, but I met him maybe two times. My dad met him maybe three times. That's about it. And when he moved back to Japan, right. he said, I'm going to send you some money right. to start your restaurant. Because my dad 
share the idea of opening a restaurant. Do you think that guy was a believer? Was he a Christian? So I asked him to come and see what he has done for me and yeah. for my family and for the community. He never came. So I finished the first book called Abundance. I mentioned about yeah, so you, him. You've written two books, right? Right. By the way, okay. so Abundance, and then I brought it to Japan, and he was already gone. Hmm. So that's why I believe in pay it forward. We gotta do whatever we can to help others. And uh, yeah, then thirty years later, I finished another book called Appreciation. I look back, and it's amazing how much God and community did for us, and. I just couldn't stop writing about it, so it became yeah. a book, and I don't know. I mean, we're blessed. So when you first started Makuni, did your dad come up with the name? Was that the first name of My the mom place? did. Your mom did? Yeah. My dad has his way, but real, real, how to say, uh, power coming from my yeah. my mom. Is that how it is in a lot of marriages probably? Oh, is it? I don't know. Like my mom is the one pushed him to come to the United States with the whole family. Mm. My mom is the one, let's call it Mikuni, mean the kingdom of God. So my mom was the one. Yes. That came up with that name. And then she's the one still uh, wakes up 3.30 every Saturday, uh, Sunday morning to make the meal for a whole church. Really? And... Um, so last Sunday, we gave her a uh, Sunday off so she can relax. And my nephews and we make sushi for every church members for Thanksgiving Day. Oh. And then she does all the flower arrangement every Sunday. So I told her, you know, her leg is not that great. So I said, let me help you. But she said, that's my passion. Mm. Don't take that away from me. I said, okay. That's sweet. Yeah. That's really sweet. Um, okay, so before we jump into the next thing, anything else about the Makuni story of the restaurant that's important to you when you're telling people about all that God has done and that you guys have accomplished? Is there anything else that's important to you to share about the story? I mean, I don't know. I can't thank enough to our community, too. When Tsunami happened in Japan, it was very personal to me. So we created the rescue rolls, mm. and we asked people to buy the rolls. And first two weeks, 4,000 rolls were sold. And we ended up raising $180,000 for tsunami in Japan. And when Houston was flooded, I said, why not we do one more week? So we did that, raised 50000 And when Cal, uh, Cal Fire happened, how about we do one day and raise 26000 Wow. So when Camp Fire happened, I felt bad for chefs to make rescue rolls all day, all night. Right, right. So we came up with uh, Miku United. Mm-hmm. Miku mean. Kingdom of God united me once. So under God, Philippians 2 2 said, we should have one mind, one love. So why not we have, we're one human race? Why not we sell these shirts and show the love and help? You know, then we raised $75,000 from that shirts and hats. Wow. Yeah, I've got one of the hats. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, even golf tournament, too. We ha- we're having 25th annual next August. And uh, we're having. I'm thinking having 300 players. Wow. Nobody done it in one site, in one golf course. But we raised already over a million dollars for Breast Cancer Navigator program. And we have McKinney Infusion Center at Saddle Hospital, too. So I see all those 4,000 patients who are helped. And I mean, it's not what I did because I just give the idea of selling rolls or selling shirts, having golf tournament. I'm just doing my fun things and all the community get together to do do amazing thing i mean that's why every opportunity i get i can't stop sharing it's not what i did but 
what God did through Mikuni and the community is the one yeah. helping us to do all these things. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I can't stop. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's good. It's really good. So I want to talk about you and your dad for a minute. Okay. So I know we've heard a few things as we've talked the last 20 minutes or so about your relationship with him. Um, do you think that he's proud of you now? He doesn't say much, but I believe so. But at the same time, he's getting old. And uh, he used to be a perfectionist. He used to be one certain way, but uh, he can't. He can't remember everything anymore. Um, he, so we're in adjusting how I can honor him mm. in his old age. Because I disagree a lot of different things nowadays, like hearing aid. I told him, can you have a hearing aid? You're having a problem. But he believed he can hear everything, and he doesn't want to. So I told him, okay, I can't yell still, so we're okay. <laughs> or, so do yeah. you and him have a pretty good relationship? Oh, I think I believe so. Yeah. Well, you should ask my dad. But I'm the only one in my whole, my whole family tell him the truth, what I believe. Hmm. And How does he take that? He, he sometimes he takes it very personal <laughs> because nobody told him ever that he's wrong in my family. I'm the only one telling him, you're wrong again. <laughs> but I want him to know the truth. Hmm. Yet, I want, I want to adjust how much he can understand. Like golf. We go golfing, and then he doesn't know how to count right. So I say, oh, that's triple bogey. No, I'm putting for par. <laughs> I say, you hit over there. You know, for me, it's not, it's wrong. But I tell him, you know, it's, you're counting wrong, but I don't care. If you think you're a part, that's fine too. So a lot of small things, I'm adjusting myself to let it go. But some of the things at, for church, for business, like this is a long time ago. He told me, can you fire everybody if they don't go to church? <laughs> well, he is, I mean, he's the worst businessman I ever met in my life. He can't do two things at a time. Like if you order two chicken turkey, he's going to finish one first. Yeah. By the time it gets cold, he goes to another one. I mean, he's that kind of guy. But I have to honor him. Right. So I, I'm learning how to you know, honor him with all my heart, with all my love. Yet I want to get to the point, if he can improve on something, I'll suggest and tell him what he should do. Yeah, I remember I was at this uh, this thing called Moxie. Man, it was probably six, seven years ago. And oh, you were there. Yeah, you and your dad had come in in the morning, and you had in, he came to tell the Makuni story, and you interpreted for him. And it was really beautiful seeing. Yes. And that's the only time I've ever seen him. And to see you should you go him, see him. You and him talk about it together. It was pretty special. He is full of wisdom, too. Yeah. He's a man of God. I mean, every question I have, he has answered for me somehow. Hmm. It's interesting, but yeah. So how will that, what's the legacy that he's leaving with you, right? I mean, you're saying that he's, you're learning to honor him, but also you're kind of taking the torch in a lot of ways for the family, right? Right. So what does that look like for you? I don't know. For, I mean, for me, living faith that he left us. Yeah leaving us with us and then now my all the kids all my nephews all niece they all got baptized mm. so family of five well he started and now family of five grew to 17 family members 
every one of them got baptized. It's pretty special. I mean, I don't know what else. I mean, that's the best that's thing the he did. It, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I don't care about business. I don't care about other things. I think he did thing that we can never, you know, nobody can take it away. So now, do your kids ever tell you you're wrong? So funny thing is, I took two boys with me when they're in high school. Two of your your sons. Yes. Okay. And not preach, but I give them all the things that they should know what they have to do for a whole week. Where did we you guys go? Went to Big Island. Okay. Kona. And then I told them, this is what I want from you guys. This is a goal you have to have. This, 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 this. Whole week. I didn't think that was a vacation for them. <laughs> so on the way back, I told them, so maybe I should improve on something too. So is any suggestion you have? They kept writing and writing. <laughs> They're going to write a book. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop right here. Okay, give me one example that I want to have to improve on. Mm. And my younger boy said, well, it would be nice to see if you can act on what you preach. I said, oh, shoot. Okay, give me an example. Well, you told me not to text while you're driving. I see you're reading the text. I said, okay, I'm pretty good at doing the multiple things at the time. How about uh, drinking the milk? You always say you have to put on the glass. Sometimes I see you <laughs> not doing that. So then I said, you know what? I think uh, action talks louder than mm. the words. So I should be the example first before I say anything to them anymore. So I was their Sunday school teacher, but before I say something, I have to act on it first. And then I don't really have to tell them what to do. They see me, and they should know what they have to do. So that was a big lesson for me on the way to Big Island. I said, wow, I'll never forget this. I'm the one. Even work, work, working uh, workplace, too. We have a corporate meeting every, uh, every month. Uh, GM meeting every month, head chef meeting every month. I truly believe skills, those things are very important, but heart is very important too. So yeah. we always have a lesson on how to live this life for how to have joy at work. Those are for, important for me as so I share, but I'm the one who has to be the best example of it so they can see and do, you know, what I did. Man, I love it. And it's so rich. It's so rich and it's so simple, but we don't, we don't, it's hard to do. Yeah. Right. The examples your sons gave were drinking out of the milk container <laughs> and texting while driving. I used to say I'm the special, but I shouldn't be. <laughs> right. But you give this whole week long, right. this is life, right? you know, and then it comes down to these simple tasks that you and I might think, are just the in-between things that get us to the big things that are, we're working on, the goals, the important stuff. And it's those little in-between things that are teaching them the kind of men or, for daughters, the kind of women mm -hmm. to live in this world because we can tell them all day, every day. Yeah. But then they're watching us Yeah, they more. watch very closely. And it's the little things that right. shape the character. Right. And I think that that's so good because, you know, I'm talking about fatherhood, fatherhood I'm so passionate about. I don't think men realize the influence, the impact that they have on their children. And it's just through trying to be the best version of yourself yes. always yes. and rebelling every day, going to war every day yes. on yourself and then serving those around you. Uh, so did you end up taking the other two and doing something similar? So I used to do is once a year they get to travel with me 
just one on one. Wow. So every four years, I get to spend three, four days with one. Because if you're together, I know who is the speaker of the house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they have all different ideas, but one, two, or say, but so, you know, like I spent all three, four days with my little one. I didn't know what she was thinking, what's the true color. I see that. So I did that for every four years till they graduate high school. And what, when did you start doing that? When they're like, uh, I'll say first graders, I said, let's go. Where's mama? No, I want to spend time with you only. So what made you want to do that? I just want to spend time, a long time. So they get to know, uh, you know, they get to know me well. I wanted to get to know them well. What's their priority? Everything. Just spend time, something to remember. And then they write me a thank you card. Like I still have every mm. thank you card. Like my daughter, I went to New York and this. She has all the paintings from there. Now, would it yeah. be a work trip? Like if you were going on a work trip, someone no. would come with you? It would just be, hey, just, I just want to plan a three or four yeah. days with just you. Now, would you choose where you were going? Would they no, choose? I let them choose anywhere in America. Okay. But they don't know is after they get their family, when I get older, they have to take me every four years to anywhere in the world. <laughs> <laughs> that was a deal. <laughs> I'll take you to, yeah, no problem. You know, San Diego. I can go to San Francisco. That was an easy trip. But now they have to take me to, you know, all over the world. So I'm excited. That's awesome. <laughs> so you convinced them at a young age that that's what right. was going to happen. That's funny. Man, that is that is cool. Um, okay, so I want to talk for a minute about your relationship with your spouse. Because I heard you say before, somebody asked you. Somebody raised their hand and asked in one of our sociology classes about uh, you've been married for 25 years. What's the secret? And you answered that we go on a honeymoon oh, yeah. once a month. <laughs> So I call did, it monthly honeymoon, yes. What's up with that? When did that start? Why is that important? What is that? And then I have another question about that too. Okay. I mean, again, I think getting to know each other is very important. And she was so busy with the kids all her life. I was busy with the work all my life. Now I finally start getting to know who she is. I didn't know who she was. I didn't know she was so funny. I mean... I'm getting, I'm, it's like I, all over again, I'm getting to know her. I'm so excited to go trip with her and then talk more, get to know her more. I mean, so when did you start um, being more intentional about your, like after, did, when the kids were growing up, did you guys go on dates a lot when the kids were little? I always forced her to. Okay. She didn't want to go because she was, she worried about everything. Worried about the kids. Right. So, she, so it was less than. Less than. Okay, and then as the kids got older and started doing their own things, what about when they were in high school? Yeah, high school time. So Start she, doing she a little got, by little. She got more into like going in trips with you and dating and stuff. She didn't think it was important, but for me it was very important. <laughs> and then by the time they start going to college, I, she had no excuse. She has more time. So I said, let's get to know each other. So you're the one kind of pursuing oh, that. I'm the one. I'm the romantic one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I think this is cool because a lot of dudes, you know, the dating part when you're, it's the fun part, right? The hunt is fun. How did you keep that as an important thing to you after the day in and day out regular life? Meaning, I think we start looking elsewhere. We stop looking at our spouse as the one oh, we want to pursue. How did you keep 
just having eyes for your spouse and wanting to get to know her and not just thinking, uh, I know her and she's just a mom now. Well, I mean, I'm a man too. Of course, there's a temptation out there, but more I get to know her personally, having same faith, same goal, same purpose, I don't know. I mean, she's getting sexier. She's getting more attractive. I mean, now, do you think that that's because you are knowing you are knowing who she is? Like the more you get to know oh, her, yes, then you see all the beauty. Oh, more and more. So I can't stop. More I get to know her, I say, I don't deserve this lady. Yeah, I feel so. I mean, and how does she thankful. respond over the years to your love towards her? So every year I have a new goal, right? I don't know if you know. I want to be the happiest ever, you know, happiest man ever. That was like two years ago. Two years ago, I realized God told me to be joyous. I said, oh, I want to be the most joyous man ever. I don't have to choose to be happy. I want God to give me the joy. If I don't share, I'm going to blow up. And the more I share, you know, um, I get more joy. But anyway, so this year was think before I speak because I hurt people with my words. I speak so much. Mm. <laughs> So from the Bible too, Ephesians 4.29, you have to know when to speak fit the occasion. You know, build people up. So whole year I tried my best to think before I speak. T as it, is it true? H as is it helpful? I as it, is it inspiring? N as it, is it necessary? That was a hard one for me. And then K as it, is it kind? So I did that all year. Then I was talking to my wife and, you know, I was, she doesn't talk much, never. So I told her, why don't you talk sometime, you know? And then she said, well, if you give me a chance. I said, oh, shoot. <laughs> I talk all day, all night, talk about restaurant, talk about fan talk. I never gave her a chance to talk. So I said, you know what? That's a good idea. So maybe next year, 2020, this coming year, I want to be the better listener mm. to God so I know what God wants me to do because I believe success, you know, definition of success to do God's will. But I never gave him a chance to say anything because I'm the one said, thank you, God, do this for me. That I never be quiet, just listen to what God wants me to do. I never gave him a chance. So same thing as my wife, too. The other day I tried, when she started talking, I put the phone down, I turned off, you know, TV, but I told her, 11 o'clock ESPN starts, so you got seven minutes. If you don't mind, can you talk a little quick? <laughs> <laughs> she said, mm, I don't know if it's going to work that way. So I said, okay. So I'm, I'm praying about it. I'm reading Bible to see what God is telling me, how I can be more quiet and better, better listener. So by 2020, January 1st, I'll have a clear goal what I'm going to do about being a better listener. When... This is incredible because a couple things. One, you've been married for 26 years. Two, you're almost 50 years old. You are not set in your ways. You are continuing to rebel, continuing to become to. more and more the person you want to be. To spend a whole year saying, I'm going to be a better listener. Oh, yes. I'm going to be a better, uh, what the think was for, um, oh, think before think you speak. Yes. Think before you speak. I'm going to spend a whole year just Yes. Going through this one thing so that I'm a little bit, not better, but I'm growing and yes. progressing so that I can Stretch be more joyous yes. and more love yes. for everyone around me, for, for my wife, yes. for my kids, for 
my business and for, like you said, the community that you're super thankful yes. for. I just think it's so inspiring for men to go, you know, I think sometimes you could, you're 40 years old and you're just like, this is it. This is who I am. This is oh, how I no. act. This is what my life is. It's like, no, no, get in tune with yourself, yes. get in tune with your spouse. And, and I love the fact that you are pursuing your wife and that you believe that there's more still for you to get to know her at 25 years. I don't think I don't know anything about her still. <laughs> <laughs> She's keeping you guessing. Yeah. So. But that's important for us to like, you're excited about that. Though. Oh, I'm excited. You're excited to, to get to know her. I think, I mean, if men did that one thing, we just thought I want to spend my life getting to know this woman, the world would look different. Because then, like you said before, your kids are watching you. Mm -hmm. And and what more do we want? Like sometimes think about people, think about your marriages. Do you want your kids to have that kind of relationship with their spouse someday? I think a lot of people would say no mm -hmm. because they're unhappy in their marriages. Right. You're the one who's got to set the tone for that because they're watching you drink out of the milk carton. They're watching you text while you drive. They're watching the way you speak yeah. to your spouse, love your spouse, look at your yeah. spouse. I remember one of the best compliments I got, we were at a wedding and I just adore my wife. And this lady came up and she said to me, she's like, I just, cause I've been married about 10 years at the time. And she said, the way you look at your wife, like you still just are in total love with her. And I'm like, yes, of course, you know? But the fact that she noticed that is probably like a 55 year old woman that she's seeing too. Like mm. how are people responding to each other? It matters. We can see that. Man, I love that. Okay, so when did you start having a goal once a year and not a, we're going to hit 50 stores, but you had a personal goal. Right. I want to become a better person for those around me. So I'll say when we opened the Kaizen store. Okay, which the word is? Continuous improvement. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, we're going to work on business, how to grow, how to be better. How, but how about me? How about me? <laughs> Uh, I have nothing now. I only have a debts and you know struggling business and but God gave me this precious children and wife. I said I can improve on everything I do. So that was 2011. So mm. since then, every year, let's set the clear goals on my physically, mentally, spiritually, and my theme and Bible verse. I did that every year since. Do you remember what your first one was in 2011? Uh, you don't want to know because okay. it was very personal too. And also, for example, like I have to give up one thing. So like um, uh, I want to make sure I'm not a slave of anything. So each year you give up something? I do something. Oh. Some years are really hard. Coffee was easy. So you gave up coffee for a whole year? Because my... Uh, uh, somebody I know was sick. So I said, I want, every time I crave coffee, I'm going to pray for him. So one time, my, one of my best friends had a cancer. He had a two weeks to live. So he couldn't drink. I said, oh, alcohol is the hardest one for me. But I said, you know what? Every time I crave alcohol, I'm going to pray for him. So a whole year, I didn't drink. I shaved my head I, because I want to show support for him. And now he's cancer-free after 13 rounds of chemo, transplant, everything all together. I mean, it was amazing because I, I get to pray for him every single morning. Yeah. Or at night, sometime. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, like, 
Yeah. Even. I, man, yeah. that's incredible. So you 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 have something that you're trying to be become more aware of and free, and from. then you're also finding something that I'm going to stop doing for a year to show myself that I'm not a slave to anything. Right. So I love. Well, I don't know if I should say this, but I like all the how do you say uh, sports betting and stuff. Okay. So I realized the other day I was watching, I didn't have money on the Niners game. I'm a Niners fan, but I didn't even watch the game because I had no money on it. I said, oh, maybe I'm slave to gambling. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm praying about it. If that's the thing I have to stop next year, I better stop and make sure I don't But I like time. that you're not just automatically going, oh, well, yes, that's what it is. And I'm just going to do that. You're, you're thinking about right. it. You're spending some time thinking about it because... There's like everything could become an obsession yes. to a bad yes. level, right? But also, there's other things like drinking and whatever it is, coffee that not necessarily are. You know, just because I might say I'm a Christian or I'm this or I'm that doesn't mean that I necessarily look a certain way in the things I do every day. You know what I'm saying? So I like that you consider those things now. What do your kids think about that? Do they know what you're? Do you tell your family what you're yes. giving up and what you're? I ask for on? suggestions too. Oh, okay. Because sometimes I don't see myself. What am I addicted or what am I spend too much time on? So it's good to ask them some opinions too. But ultimately, it's so funny. Like two years ago, one lady from Facebook had a dream about me. And then she gave me the Bible verse from Ephesians three sixteen to nineteen about being love and joyous. I'm like, mm. wow, thank you. That was it. And the last year was I was I woke up crying, being judgmental, not compassionate enough. And then I opened the Bible, the Ephesians four twenty nine. Then I opened the YouTube, talk about you have to thank me before I speak. It was like, it was my choice. Yeah, I mean, it was all laid out for me. So. I just keep praying, and I'm sure God will tell me exactly what I have to do next year. So you seem very disciplined, right? On one hand, like you said, you grew I'm up. Not. You're not disciplined? No, not like my dad. <laughs> well, because you're comparing it to yeah. your dad who gets up at 2.30 in the morning. How do you, in your discipline, okay, because I love discipline. Wow. I love to I work. wish I could be like you, yes. But you live free in it. Yes. I will almost define myself sometimes by my discipline. So how do you be disciplined, but also live free in your discipline? I don't know if I'm a discipline. I I consider me as a lazy and free all the time because I do whatever I want. That's who I am. But you built the opportunity to do that. But I think God showed me what I enjoy doing. And then it's not because I have to. I think God is giving me, I want to. Mm. So I don't have to like discipline myself to do something. I because just, it's something that you want to do. I want to do. Why do you think you want to do it? Why do you think you want to give up something a year and improve I want something to. a year? Why do you want to do those things? Because I want, to, I want to know God more. And that thing, you know, I have to pray more. I have to communicate with Him too. And I want to make my opportunity, more opportunities to spend time with Him. If I crave for alcohol, if I crave coffee, I'm going to pray. That means I'm giving my chance to uh, yeah. to get to know him. So, I mean, there's no way I lose. Yeah. 
How do your kids respond? So what do you think? Do you think they're going to do some of these rituals that you have? Like they've watched you since 2011 do some of these rituals. They're very disciplined. Uh, okay. Okay. I mean, uh, all this one is like me. So I have to work on him a little bit more. <laughs> more free-spirited? Free-spirited. And uh, uh, we have to work on the self-control. We're not good at it. But my youngest one, like golfers, very disciplined. I mean, you said three hours a day. That's disciplined. pretty disciplined. And then she reads Bible every day. I mean, what, once if I give her suggestions, she'll do it. I mean, without day off. But I think every everybody's different. You know, they're made different. Yeah. But I think if they find the true purpose and why they want to do it or they have to do it, I think if you have that clear goal, I think they all wanted to do it. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. Because without my purpose to go, so I'm the laziest purpose? guy. What's your purpose? Uh, there's so many in the area, but... Okay, so you kind of say that there's different purposes in different yes. areas of my life, my marriage, my family, my business, personally. Now, do, when you go, do you do you take a couple days and go spend time by yourself and reflect to come up with these things, or do you just sit down at your desk one day and for an hour jot it down, and so, then go? You know, like whatever you're going to give up and whatever you're gonna. Just as an example, do you take time aside and go be by yourself, or do you just sit at your desk and write them down on a piece of paper? So every morning, I you know I start with a Bible verse and little short reading. I'm not a reader. <laughs> short reading and I have a time to think sometimes I walk the dog I just you know drive in I just give myself a little time to think over because I'm so hectic busy all the time if I don't make time like that I'll never have time for anything so that's why for me it's important to read the Bible and then send a, a text to all my kids that's yeah. so you start your day with the intention of yes. fam- you and God you and yourself and then you and your family. Right. So that no matter how the day progresses, you have all day I'm met thinking of something them first. The theme. Mm. So I have to open it now, but I, I can open it. Oh, this one we share. Like last Sunday we share about pray. You know, praise, what was it? R is repent, A is ask, and then uh Y is the yield. So I share about that. So as I share, I think about it too in the car. Mm. So I love sharing. I think more I share, it's like uh, teaching myself too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So last question. Yes. Let me. I think so. Got. This is the last question. So, if I were sitting with your kid, your oldest son. Ooh, oldest son. <laughs> not if I was sitting with him when he was turning fifty. Oh, fifty. And then okay. you're now. You know, my dad, seven year, your dad. And I ask him about legacy and I ask him, what does your dad leave with you? I know you would say that I have to ask him that. Yeah, because. But what do you hope his answer is? What do you hope he says about the legacy that you left with the family? You know what? That would be the question for my kids tomorrow morning. (laughs) I think I'm going to ask them. What's the legacy I'm leaving to you? Now, you did, when I, because I, before we started, kind of prefaced you with some of the things I was going to ask. You talked about legacy, and I said legacy isn't money. What did you tell me when I said that? Well, I mean, money is anything temporary on this earth. We, 
you know, we're born naked. We're gonna, we're not gonna take anything yeah. <laughs> when we die. So for me, those are not the priorities. And then they, all my kids knows that. So yeah, I had a meeting with four kids, and I told them, "What do you think about me just donating all the money to charity when I die? You get nothing." My youngest one said, "Sure, you taught me how to work, and we can." make her own money so no worries and my other daughter said well if you give me you know leave some money we'll take it <laughs> so it's kid is different you know my yeah. oldest one was already calculating if you have this much this <laughs> so they're all you know all talking about that but they know exactly money possession those are not my legacy but it's pretty incredible that you're already having those conversations oh, yes. that that I want you to know the legacy is 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 the way that I'm trying to live my life. Mm-hmm. I'm being intentional about it so that you see that. Yeah. And that hopefully you mimic it and then even do it better. Right. So I t- I tell my kid they all they always said that you always said life is fantastic. You know, you have to have fun in this life too. Yeah. But eternity is better. So I keep saying I'm ready to die anytime. You know, be ready to lose me because when the time comes, I'm going to go. And I say that to my friends around me too. So they're getting older. They're getting sick. They're getting having cancer. They say, stop saying that. (laughs) Why are you rushed to go heaven? I say, I'm not rushed. I just want to be prepared to go. And two of my closest friends, they said, and I asked them, are you ready to spend eternity with me? They said, yeah. I, I mean, you influenced me. I'm a Christian now. I said, how do you know you're Christian? So I kind of gave him pressure, it, it, like insurance. Why not get baptized? <laughs> yeah. But they, they said, you know what? You're right. I want to prove it, that I, I want to be with, it, you know, with God eternity. So they're getting baptized next month mm. on the 8th. I mean, that, those are most important things to me because we're going to be gone soon. So let's focus on eternity. That's more important. So for me, when kids see me when I die, I don't think they care about whatever in this earth. I think they know, oh, yeah, he finally went back to where he belongs. Mm. That's what I believe they're going to say. That's good. Yeah. Taro, thank you so much for just pausing and sharing some of your life with us. Um, fatherhood, I believe, can impact the world yes. if dads engage in loving their kids, yes. even beyond them living in your home. You know, you never stop being a dad. And he's, even as, as we've heard you say, you know, the way your relationship with your dad yes. is still important to yes. you. He still has influence over you. Your relationship's different, but it matters. And I just want men to hear that. I want men to know that it doesn't matter what your job is. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what money you have. Right. Your family matters, and you can really have a huge influence on them in a positive way. And so thanks for sharing how much you Thank love your you. family, the things you're doing personally with your spouse, with your kids, and with your business that just live a very full, joyous, and uh, intentional life. Well, man, the most important thing I know is I'm nothing, right? Um, I think humility is one of the mm. most important words to me till I die. So, but our last thing I'll say is what I love about you is you, I can tell you're humble, but you also fully embrace yourself. 
the way you dress, the car you drive, <laughs> the way you talk. So to be able to be humble, but still be yourself and not necessarily find pride in that, you know, like I remember um, you posting a like you love shoes. Yeah. I remember on your Instagram, you posted pictures oh, no. of all <laughs> your shoes, bro. Yeah. All your shoes. And, you know, it stems back to 11 years old. You couldn't wear one different yeah. color pair of shoes and you're going to get your face beat. So you still own that, right? You're still very giving, very generous, but you still are yourself and you're humble in that. And I just think it's super beautiful and I love it. Thank and you. I hope that more men can be themselves because they need it so that when they look in the mirror, they feel good about what God created and their kids are desperate to see their own dad know who they are. And so it's important, man. Fatherhood is important. Yeah. I mean, lastly, you know, I always look at myself and I have no talents in anything. So I ask God, why do you didn't give me any talent? I'm kind of stupid. I'm, <laughs> but again, God, God bless me. I, I can't, you know, rely 100% on him and I can be the encouragement for yeah. other fathers because yeah. if I can't do this, anybody in the world, all the fathers can do better. Mm. So that's why I thank God. Thank you for not giving me any talent. <laughs> <laughs> but just to be joyful. Oh, it's so yeah. good. It's so good. Thank you so much, Taro. Thank you so Appreciate much. Appreciate you. God bless you, man. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow. Is this guy amazing or what? His joy is just contagious. There's something about sitting in his office, hearing him talk about life that just lights you up. A couple things he shared that I just absolutely loved uh, were one, after 25 years of marriage, how he's still working to get to know his wife. And you could hear it in his voice when he talked about it. It was actually exciting to him. I think that's so encouraging. One, as I've been married 15 years, that I'm just gonna keep pursuing and chasing down that relationship with my wife and that it is fun. And if you've been married for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, it's not over. There's still more to gain. Oh, that was so good. Uh, I think it's amazing how all his kids are getting into the business at some level with him and how they're working as a team. Um, but it seems like he also gives them space to be themselves, but is highly encouraging them to be a part of uh, this legacy that his family's been building. I really enjoyed hearing about the relationship between him and his own dad and how that kind of torch is being passed and the relationship between the two. I really enjoyed hearing that. And then lastly, I really enjoyed hearing the self-reflection that he does, how he gives something up once a year and how he tries to improve on something once a year. Sometimes I think I might look at a week and try to get better at something for a week, but to really think I'm going to get better at listening or I'm going to get better at thinking before I speak for a whole year and be intentional on that one thing. How amazing. And that at age 50, he's still going to do that. It's still something that's part of him becoming the best version of himself. It's super incredible. So I know you had to be encouraged. This was super incredible. Please write a review on the podcast. If you can rate it, write a review that helps spread the word that fatherhood matters. If you enjoyed this, please send it to a friend that would just mean the world to me and hopefully to whoever you send it to. 
please go follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram because it helps continue to share the word that fatherhood matters. And uh, if you'd like to pick up a copy of my book, Rebel and Create, you can get that on Amazon. Or if you'd like to get a copy of the journal, the Fatherhood Legacy Journal, um, if it's before December 4th, you can get it on Kickstarter. Just go to kickstarter.com, search Rebel and Create Fatherhood Legacy Journal. Or you can go to rebelandcreate.com and get it there or get the links there. Uh, I want to thank all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, What You Do Matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. And you know, we, we share a lot of cool things on the episode. Take the things that work for you and leave the things that don't. Don't walk away from this episode feeling like, oh, I should do this. I should do that. I wish I could do that. Do what you can. Do what you're best at. Do what is best for your kids. Don't be like everybody else. That's who your kids, your spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood. Talk to you next time. Thank you.